to Hypertalks. Uh, my name is Nora and it's a beautiful Wednesday morning and together with me I have Chris Hello. as my co-host. And uh, today we have Isabel Funk and Sveinung Skålnes from the R&D department uh, at Hyper Island. Hello. Hey. Hey, welcome. Thank <laughs> you. I'm going to introduce you more but uh, first we'll as always do a check-in. And my checking question to you is, what is the color of your mood today? Ooh, colors. I can go ahead. I feel bright sunshine yellow today. Ooh. I'm feeling happy and just this restless. Not restless, but yeah, kind of at peace. I want to be on a beach. <laughs> Good. Check in. I'll, I'll go. It's the same color every day, uh, actually. Uh, it's dusty pink. <laughs> <laughs> I just envision a pig. <laughs> okay, no comments. Checked in. Uh, and my check-in is, I think, uh, the, the pattern of my sweater today. It's yeah. like really a lot of colors and a lot of patterns. Because uh, um, my brain is, is going... Uh, quite a lot right now. <laughs> Lots of opportunities and exciting things. Nice. Checked in. So rainbow colored. Mm. Mm. Good color. Um, I think my color today is like light green. And that's just because it's spring coming now. And uh, I looked at all the flowers when I walked to the bus today. And it was beautiful. So um, yeah, spring green. Check in. So uh, how are you today? Very well. Yeah, great. Good. Um, so you're from the R&D department, the research and development. Um, for the listeners that doesn't know, and including myself, what do you actually do here at Hyper? What do we do? I mean, we do whatever else does. We do meetings and emails, right? <laughs> but I guess I guess our role is to to uh, to support support our business, mm. right? Uh, support uh, different uh, business areas and different people all around the world to do exciting things, uh, new things, testing things. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's what we do. I think. Yeah, yeah, with a with a focus and mission on on looking at the future that's and right. how we can stretch ourselves constantly. Mm. Um, so that's that's what the lens that we have on mm. all the time when we work. Would you say that the R&D department at Hyper Island differs from other companies, R&D departments? Well, I, I think so, because <laughs> I think Hyper Island is a little bit, almost a little bit too small to have an R&D department. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what is, I mean, what's luxurious about R&D is that it has that lens, right? And I think that's probably the lens that all R&D departments have in all companies, mm -hmm. the kind of the luxury of being able to look beyond the current business and to get a mandate to to look into the future, whether that is into new ways of working, whether it's new technologies, whether it's just imagining what our reality is going to be tomorrow. So in that sense, I think it's maybe similar to all other departments, but then obviously it's Hyper Island, so it's different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not surprised. <laughs> so, um, and I can also maybe add that we're not a department, uh, you know, separated from the organization. So we're really, you'll be working in the organization with current clients or current uh, programs or, and trying to stretch uh, and curate innovation already happening uh, all over the world. Uh, so we're not like detached or separated doing yeah. things on, on the corner. Uh, and I don't know how other organizations research and development works, yeah. but, but uh, that's that's not how we how we work. I think it's a great that's a great point. And also, we, I mean, we recently stopped having our own team meetings. Yeah. Because we realized that we didn't do have very many projects together. <laughs> we were doing all our projects with other parts of the organization. So that's where we had our like home teams. Ah, so you don't, you don't work too, so much together. We, we do. I mean, we have a, we have a shared purpose and we, we collaborate a lot, mm -hmm. but not just us. 
Yeah. We collaborate us and others in the organization. So we try to not have not have like a lab separate from the <laughs> from the rest of the organization. Yeah, it's more like project managers yeah. pushing uh, pushing projects. Yeah, that's uh, it's like project based. So it's more important to build the teams in the projects than in the department, if you can call exactly. it that. You're not walking around with your white lab coats and then coming into crazy hair <laughs> and then wish. going into the, the room and then it's like, okay, we're going to try this idea. Or is it like... <laughs> well, sometimes. I actually have a white denim jacket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When do you uh, use that for your crazy days? No, we don't. And I think... And I, I'm really happy that we don't because it's so much more fun to be out in the real world. It's so much more fun to actually experiment and do things... You know, like 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 Hyperion students, like similar way that Hyperion students don't have fake briefs uh, and work in silos in the school. We don't sit and try to figure out the next big thing in the office. We are there where the clients are and where the students are and where our coworkers are. So I think that's I think that's uh, that's part of what's exciting mm. about it. Yeah. You said earlier, Sveinung, that you have a common purpose in your department. What is that? Or not department, I'm sorry. Your <laughs> branch. I don't know what to call it anymore. Neither do we. <laughs> well, could, could you explain that? Yeah, it's future-proofing, so it's uh, prototyping, uh, and I don't, I don't remember exactly, but it's, it's like prototyping the future of Hyper Island uh, and pushing, uh, stretching us to uh, to show that we're future proof the the way hyper island has been working for 20 years have been extremely successful uh, but still our industry and the way of learning is also changing uh, so what does that mean for for hyper island if we're going to continue with uh, helping individuals and organization to lead in change how can we do that uh, and still adapt to new behaviors new technologies uh, because our our way in our industry will change as well, mm-hmm. and that's what we we look at all the time, uh, and that's what we need to ensure that we're constantly pushing ourselves. Yes. Yeah, so, how do you do that? What is your different roles in the department? Can you ex- elaborate a little bit on that? We uh, we have different. I guess we have different like different hats on, uh, and that we. I mean, in, in general, we we collaborate across all our projects. But we, I guess, we have some different kind of core hats on. So, for example, we have a, a particular um, a team member which has like a, a learning, uh, learning experience, learning design focus. Then we have someone with like a product focus. Uh, others, uh, and then we expand our team, right? Because it's not just us that we need. So we have someone with a community focus, someone with maybe a, a platform and technology focus. Um, and I think we, we take those different, we kind of curate that team depending on what the project needs. Mm. Often we, we find that all projects need a little bit of everything. Um, but so we have different size roles. You know, sometimes we'll have, you know, I'll take lead on something um, which is a particularly f- uh, focused around maybe, uh, for example, uh, around uh, the, the toolbox and, what, and how, to, how to evolve that into becoming even more valuable for our network. Yes. So that's a, a project that I'm currently uh, taking lead on because because of my and it's not just about my role, right? It's about just finding out what kind of fits with 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 people, with timings, and yeah, yeah. I think we're pretty pretty uh, flexible when it yeah. comes to our roles too. Yeah, like we do a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah, mm. depending on the needs and the priorities, and it's not us deciding. Uh, no, it's it's the whole company. Or, you know, deciding and prioritizing what we should focus on, depending on what we see and what we collect. Hmm. So how does one get into R&D? Or how do you, like, what background do you have? And why did R&D kind of allure you? Well, why did... R&D allure you to, or start with R&D? Why, why is that the way to go for you guys? Okay, so R&D originally started because uh, we wanted to understand what technology, what impact technology will have on learning. And so to be able to assure that we looked at that question uh, in an effective way, we did detach a team to focus on that. And, um, uh, And at the moment, we're more about integrating and, you know, 
what do you say? Yeah, integrating what we've been prototyping. Uh, so I don't think we'll, we'll be working in the same way we have in the future. So it's been like it, it's been a temporary thing and temporary way of working to really push us at Hyper Island to have a new mindset on what we do and also the opportunities that technology gives us. Uh, and why I'm passionate, I've been passionate about R&D is because I love the question uh, uh, why and I love disruption <laughs> and transformation. I love the, the innovation part to really be, be in a phase of completely, you know, when it's just foggy and you don't see uh, the way to go forward. And then from that space, there's so endless of opportunities and that feeling of endless opportunities in something that is not clear, it's something that excites me a lot. And then I know when I'm there, I know that after that, there will come clarity and that's a great feeling. Mm -hmm. So uh, for me personally, it's just really, really exciting. Mm -hmm. And then I'm very passionate about the future. I'm passionate about technology. I'm passionate about people's growth. And, and that's what we are, that it's exactly what we're looking at to combine all these three things. Did yeah. you work at Hyper Island before you went into R&D? I did, but I also been working with like dot-com startups and uh, I've been a creative working with like communication and digital products and services. So that combined with, uh, with the experience of like learning, designing and, and facilitating. Uh, it's it's why I think uh, yeah I'm I'm doing what I'm doing now. Hmm. What about you, Sanna? How did you end up here? Uh, well, uh, it's I mean sh sh the kind of the short story is that I think are for me the, the R and D team and the and the, the group of people that we are is a fantastic uh, vehicle to make the most of Hyper Island. I think it's to maximize, I mean, I'm super passionate about, similar to, to Bella, uh, around supporting individuals uh, in growth, um, but also maybe kind of venturing into new things, trying out, trying to solve problems in new ways. And I think for me, that Hyper Island, that's what Hyper Island is all about, uh, not just the R&D team. Um, and I've, um, I've, I've found myself surrounded with like, amazing people and and that happens to be called the R&D team yeah. uh, so I mean for me I, I I don't know I don't really identify with like research and development and R&D it's more about coming to work at a place where we share a view of the world and how we would like to make it better and then having some amazing people around to do it so how do you deal with, like, or for me, I would imagine there's got to be an element of excitement, uh, absolutely, or working with the unknown or the next step, but also an element of fear? Of, uh, how do you deal with that? Well, I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, it's, and this is like, it's really, uh, for me, it's really about staying in a learning mindset. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, not, it's so easy, so much easier and so much kind of, it costs so much less in energy to just know the things you know and just go around knowing. But to, to have like a learning mindset is super challenging and it, it's super humbling uh, and you need to strike a balance, right? Because sometimes you need to rely on the things you know to get things done and then s sometimes you can get into the learning mindset again. And I think in terms of dealing with new things, it's very much about balancing those two. We need to have assumptions we need to trust what we know and, and, and believe something which which we then go and test, right? So we always go between kind of testing an assumption and being and learning like very humbly about it. Testing another assumption and learning. Um, and I think that's exciting, but it's also frustrating because it's like no one knows the answer and we're working very collaboratively across the organization around like focus and priorities around funding different things you know we're, we're also we're not just it's not just about creating new great things it's also about like creating a, a, a sustainable business right so we need to make the choices based on that too so i think it's it's exciting and frustrating and and, and fun all all mixed up in one and uh, some projects can feel scary and uh, but then yeah yeah 
Yeah, and I th- I think, as I said, I learned to to like the fear mm-hmm. uh, because I know that there is uh, there is an end to fear. There is something after fear, and that's excitement, and there is new things, mm. and there is opportunities. That's right. And le- or learnings, like Sven said. Uh, but what's what's been challenging, I think, the most is is dealing with lots of different expressions of fears. Uh, so. As I said, we've been very successful in the way we've been working and, and, and you know, uh, and we still are, uh, but there is always an end to something. It's everything is changing constantly. And, uh, and I think it's a matter of, if it's a matter of a gl- a, a, like a company mindset as well, uh, like how we're, how we're working together, how we define success for ourselves and push that constantly. That's something that we've been working in the beginning, at least in our team. We worked a lot with, okay, how do we deal with with uh, with fear mm-hmm. of asking these questions or pushing these questions? Because it means that we're disrupting ourselves. Mm-hmm. It means that we we yeah. release things that might compete with something that we already do. Uh, and then for for what well, I think what we really you know, supported each other and also what we had in common across the whole organization is purpose. And that's what you stick to in, in times of change or transformation. If you're, if you're grounded in why you do what you do, then how you do it or the, the what you do is, is not as important. So that's been, uh, that's been more, even more important uh, than before, I think, uh, because that's what keeps everything together and also... F- makes you feel somehow grounded in times of just like it's interesting it makes sense disrupting your own company yeah um can you explain a little bit more about how you prototype or how you test and and yeah how you work with that no but how we (laughs) test is that we put together a small team uh we define some key assumptions and insights that we want to test and we try to do it as quickly as possible to spend as little as little as possible time and resource to get something out there to learn. So in this case, we spent um, just under two months prototyping and putting together uh, uh, a product, which we then launch. And we do it in collaboration with the whole organization. So two months might sound very short to put together a, a product that you're going to sell, but it's building on our existing portfolio. It's building on all of the collective insights from all our markets and all our, our uh, people, our cl- uh, collaborators, and then putting it out there, and then kind of seeing, okay, what happens with it, and supporting that uh, that product to to either to basically to be a vehicle for us to learn, right? So whatever whatever our, our alumni and and others do with it, that's learnings for us. How how they click, uh, how they view, how they buy, how they engage, the questions they ask, and then we can iteratively so. Already we launched it last week and now we're already uh, deploying updates to the communication around it and to the packaging of it because we see points of friction in, in how they engage. It's interesting. So that's one way of prototyping in, and that's very much in a, in a live uh, online space, I mean, on a product level. Mm. Yeah. I, um, you often, or people around the world call Hyper Island for the digital Harvard, which is may sound a little bit funny um but uh, no matter we we go to digital creative business school and um but what i realized when after i came here is that uh, the physical space is so important uh for Iber island and most of the stuff we do here is uh in the physical space mm-hmm. and uh, how what do you think about that the relation between the digital uh, community and the physical space <coughs> yeah I think it's and that's the matter of what we also been defining it's different it's, it's different phases of learning every part of learning is not happening face to face between people but there are core elements where that is most effective way of, of the learning journey but there are other parts where you sort of have the space for your personal reflection or where you're processing information or um, you know you're assessing yourself those elements can sometimes be even better to have uh, freedom to decide time space 
and pace mm. yourself. And that's why we're trying to unbundle or, or separate the elements of learning to ensure that we can be uh, even more flexible and and personalized to, to people's needs. And also, it's relevant for long-term programs where you sort of get getting trained to learn a specific things or, or to, to get into a profession. But when you're uh, when you need to spark or, or change your mindset and you're already in a business, then it makes less sense to detach the your physical into something else, then we look much more in how can we integrate uh, learning into where you are instead of taking you away from your business or your organization. Uh, and that's uh, where we think technology can help learners or help us uh, to, to provide better learning. Uh, so we're not thinking that we're taking the face-to-face -face or physical space away. It's more about being much more relevant to the specific needs. Do um, you think that the learnings can like translate into digital learning platform completely in the future? Well, in the future, I think we'll still have uh, communities or we'll still have platforms for, for collaboration face-to-face. -face. And I think that the relationships happening face-to-face -face is important. But I don't think it's either or. Um, I think uh, that is... A co uh, that is a hindering belief to to have that. I think everything is possible, and I have no idea <laughs> if if you know we uh, virtual reality might change everything. For example, um, but I think um, yeah, I think I I mean we see new behaviors with technology. We're we're getting new, being more so social with technology in new ways. It's just new ways. It might be this might not be the same but it's a new way of doing things. And it might be uh, what we also want to do in the future. I have no idea. But I think uh, whatever is holding back uh, innovation, it's something to be aware of and then try to, try to rephrase that. Um, so, uh, um, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> That's, I guess, it's a summary of, of my bubble, bubbling. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, the physical digital space, it's so interesting because mm. you can't really translate the physical space into digital, 100% at least. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. And yeah. I enjoy hugging my classmates, I really do. Yeah. So I don't want to <laughs> yeah. go over to pure digital. No. no I, yeah, that would be different mm. at least. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely one of those things that we're, I mean, we're, with, this, with this new offering that we're we're really trying to, to tackle, right? Mm. Uh, and to, you know, uh, you know, I, I, my, my idea of like, you know, e-learning, it's like I'm alone in my room. E-learning was And there's no windows yeah. and I'm on my computer and I, it's black and white and it's like I'm staring into this thing and I'm, I'm getting like one-way information. <laughs> but we want to get away from that idea of, of, of e-learning being, or like, or... The idea of technology, uh, learning through technology or learning uh, kind of online being something that's done alone and that's something that's not, uh, uh, that's not flexible and that's not interactive. It could mean, I mean, we, we work a lot with, with uh, you know, as you know, as students, we work a lot with, with tasks, right? We give, we give tasks. And they're, they're designed to, to accelerate your learning. You know, you get, you know, do something like, do, do, do that, go out to do this. We won't tell you how, but here's a task and you do it and you reflect and you learn. And I think we, we, we were going to, we were experimenting a lot with like setting tasks that actually enables you, although you don't have your, your, your classmates to hug uh, and collaborate with, a task that you can bring into your work, right? And that you can learning, you know, very much still learning by doing, very much experience-based learning. And that you didn't breathe in and out of the of the the shared online environment, but you breathe in and out of your own offline environment. Um, and I think that's yeah. that's a lot about kind of cracking that thing because it's the, the the physicality is very much a human need, right? Uh, whether it's connected to learning or not. So we don't want to substitute that for something that's 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 uh, that's kind of cut off from the world. But it's about saying, how can we support you to learn in your environment, in where you are? 
And I think, I mean, this is another part of it. We're also creating creating new ex- new experiences for people to learn in different ways. But we're also introducing new groups of people to learning, right? People that can't come to a three-day course somewhere or that can't come to a 90-week program somewhere. So it's also pro- so it's also an offering that's that's tailored for them. Uh, we don't want to to compromise the hyper island uh, experience and in any way dilute what it means to learn the hyper island way because that means different things for different people. Um, but we want to uh, extend it and we want to strengthen it and we want to prolong that so that it becomes more than. I know you can't see this, but I'm saying like, what are these things oh. called? Uh, quotation marks? Yeah, quotation yeah. Marks. More than like just in quotation marks going to Hyper Island uh, hubs. Because Hyper Island, learning the Hyper Island way could be more than that. What would you say is the value of uh, using that offering? Um, especially for a person that hasn't been to Hyper Island. What is the core value? The core value, I mean, so in, in everything we do, uh, it's about introducing an approach to to the world, right? It's an approach yes. to learning, uh, which is very much experience based. Uh, it's about not taking any any <coughs> any set truths and, and running with them, but challenging that. Also, a lot based on your own uh, relationship to whatever you're doing through reflection. And we want to do that in the, in the, in this offering too. We also want in this offering wants to want to get very hands on, so supporting individuals and getting hands on with in this case digital marketing, uh, with their own brand, using their own analytics, using their own context. So not just for them to learn, but for them to actually create value in that space. Similar to how you guys are creating actual value when working with a brief, real value for you and real value for that client. So, you know, as a hands-on, but also getting the, the mindset. I think those those are the two biggest values. Yeah, and integrated and relevant for exactly, uh, yeah, Exactly, and getting it integrated. So it actually creates value for for you and your, your, your company. I think that's really healthy because something that I think a lot of people have challenged or are challenged as well when they start as well in our programs is that at a university, for example, you get a test mm. and um, that implies that the university knows the correct answers mm. to the right. test. So you're tested on that and you you get a achievement of sorts. Here you don't get that. Because mm. when you're working in projects or you're working with experience, there are so many right answers to it. Yeah. Um, and creating value, I think, is or giving that is... Yeah. And value can take different forms, right? Yeah. In different shapes. Value is, is can be a currency that like that is very different from project to project, depending on what the brief is, depending on what the objective is. Um, and that's what, I mean, what we believe could be so fantastic about creating formats that are flexible to cater for different people's idea of what value is, yeah. different companies' idea of what value is. So the learning is not the, the, the sole purpose, but the value creation at the end of it is why you take the course. So you, that's how you get ROI on learning, right? You, you create that value. What, what is it called, this offering? Does it it's have called a name? The, dig- <laughs> the Digital Marketing Online Course. The Digital, the digital, digital Marketing Online, online Course. course. Yeah. So pay attention to all, all our listeners. Those are exactly. great tips. It will be interesting to follow this uh, journey yeah. and yeah. see what you come up with. Um, I have another question because uh, Hyper Island is so in forefront of like, trends and looking into the future, map out the future and all these things. And I was wondering how you work with that internally and if there's any challenges in that, uh, always trying to be future-focused. I mean, our, <coughs> our approach in China, I see, or we see Hyper Island as the curator of, of trends. Uh, so we're, we have a huge network and then uh, lots of thought leaders. And then together with the network, we map the future trends. Uh, so it's not us sitting there trying to be, you know, intelligent and, and uh, identify things in the future. It's really us facilitating uh, a whole network to, to look in the future. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's the way we identify the, uh, the trends. 
And then we also we always look at okay, so what does that mean for uh, for our trainings for long term programs that you uh, that you go to, or for the the intensive courses that we do, or for the tailor made solutions that we do for organizations, and how can we assure that we uh, both have thought leaders that can that can you know support knowledge and input into programs uh, within these areas, and also. Yeah, what's the impact on organizations, on industries, on us? Uh, so, using many different aspects. Well, Hyperion is still an organization in the world. And as you say, Hyperion facilitates uh, and curates this, these learnings uh, to create, um, to adapt to the changes mm. in the future. Yeah. So, how. If if have, do you have any challenges in adapting your own organizations to the future? Yeah, yeah, definitely, and I, and I think that's what we've been talking a lot about uh, so far. It's it's uh, it's the mindset and the assumption or the the previous beliefs of what has been working uh, and not, uh, and all those beliefs or all those assumptions and mindset hinders us from adapt. And then it's also, um, I mean, what Sveina talked about before, having uh, being innovative, you know, in the forefront, but still focused on sustainability and growth. It's it's balancing different aspects and then competence and ensuring that we have the competence to adapt. Uh, So, of course, lots of challenges uh, always uh, because and, and I feel that things are changing even more quicker, just like the last three years. So it's it's a matter of adapting and being agile to uh, changes as well. Yeah. Um, before we, I think we worked much more with like longer processes, and you know, and now we need to be uh, quicker, quicker to adapt to trends because the trends uh, changes more often. Um, so yeah. I mean, so financial, it's it's mindset and it's uh, competence. Uh, that is the main challenges, I would say. Yeah. How do you deal with, uh, for example, I would imagine the culture, depending on where, uh, the different hyper islands around the world also, Yeah. must be affected on actual physical location or, yeah. or geographical location. Yeah. How do you deal with that? Like also changing that mindset, I assume that even because the organization split mm. and different countries have different cultures mm. um, what yeah. do you do about that or, uh, well, in this like yeah. trying to adapt to a future I, I think it's very much about making the most of of whatever uh, the culture is like it's it's about elevating the great things in each hub and in each culture I don't, I don't think there's a right way of, do, of doing something but it's about having again having a having alignment around why we're all here you know, like Bella talked about in terms of purpose, then the execution of that and how what that means for different people will mean different things, right? Yeah. Um, although there's, I mean, there's we, we do certain things as like as a global organization where we have, you know, processes and we have offerings, etc. And then we try to... Methodology. Alter- methodology, mainly, absolutely. Yeah. And then we do very much uh, what we can to tailor the different experiences, the different, the different hyper island experiences to the market. Uh, and it's less about the people in that hub, but more about the surrounding market and what actually people want and what they need and how they work. So it's important that our hubs are reflections of the markets and the context that they're in. Because if we just put Swedish people uh, from the hyper island HQ all around the world, they would all be in synchronous and uh, have a shared mindset uh, internally, but they would not be able to connect to the, th- the needs of that actual market. And that's why we exist. We're there to support people. So you work globally, in the department here in Stockholm. Yeah. 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 Again, the, our projects run across. Uh, so from project to project, there's different involvement with different hubs. Uh, but all of them have like global relevance in that sense. Yeah. But I think an example of that culture aspect that you talked about is when we uh, when we started in Singapore. Uh, Singapore is a, a culture where they've been uh, used to follow like it's a very what do you say when it's um, 
top down. Her. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and and they're used to uh, have w- someone saying to them, "This is how you're going to do it," and um, it's a very structured and very efficient uh, place, right? And so when we came with the Hyper Island methodology and values, with team is everything, and you're not having one person saying this is the way you know you should go or this is how you do it, that of course was a, a, um, a challenge. Uh, and so uh, we've been adapting to that place where, where the Singaporean are uh, to uh, to not have such a friction in in terms of methodology and and culture or culture and culture uh, so and here in Sweden it's much more easier for example because it's not we're not trained in that in that way uh, in school for example not in the on the level that Singapore is for example so that is um, something I think we're learning as well learning and exploring still and we will continue to learn and explore that as we go into other uh, other countries and other cultures you think the work culture or the culture between the employees and the students in Singapore and here in Stockholm is different? Or the I think it's different yeah. all around the world. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's not particularly I mean we we also we don't we don't measure everything out of Sweden in a sense. Like we don't measure it compared to here. Mm-hmm. It's very much about finding out what are the, the most valuable relationships and the most valuable ways of working. Um, uh, whether that's finding new ways of working, new offerings and new types of collaboration, new learning partnerships, and new ways of facilitating uh, students getting employment, new ways of working with industry leaders. It could be all of that. Uh, and it's very much about being humble to the realities of the people that we want to support, right? Because if you take the people out of Hyper Island, there's really nothing left. If you take the clients and the employers and the students and the collaborators and the speakers, that's what Hyper Island is. And it's those people coming together, believing in something uh, uh, central around our methodology and around our kind of worldview. That's that's Hyper Island. So uh, people out in the hubs are Hyper Island. So it's not something we need to somehow like try to like package and feed them or <laughs> feed anyone. It's, just, it's, it's the, you know, but it's, it's yeah. You're working. You're also working now with like creating some sort of digital community as well, and more. Yeah. Hmm. So because for me the um, Hyper Island Network is also very physical, as we talked about earlier, mm. and uh, I could go to Brazil and uh, get in. Like if I if I met a person that um, had studied at Hyper Island in Brazil, we would have something in common. Yeah. But that meeting will be very physical and face to face. And it's not so easy to reach that the hyper islands in Brazil. Mm. Do you have any reflections on that? Well, what's the? Yeah, what do you mean? I think I I don't understand um, the perspective. There's perspective is more that uh, you would hyper island is all around the world. Yeah, and um, you have different hubs. Yeah, uh, and how? Yeah, what's the question? I don't know. How to create a digital community? That's what we're working yeah, on now. How, yeah. how network or yeah. how to actually yeah. connect with people mm. digitally? Yeah. Yeah. How to? Mm. Well, exactly how to. Uh, we haven't nailed hundred uh, percent yet. Where I think we're 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 doing it, and we'll continue to expand it. But I think it's. Um, I mean, what what we hear, we have a huge, huge network of alumni from long-term programs, from professionals taking intensive courses, from tailor-made. We have a huge network of thought leaders, uh, industry experts or collaborators that we use in our trainings. And and the feedback that we constantly get is what you said. You have a common purpose and you have com- things in common. And, and what puts all, the whole network together is learning and growing. Uh, that's mainly the common purpose. And also then a few values of how to reach learning and growth. Uh, and uh, again, what we've been talking about with like blended learning and e-learning and so on is that you, how can you continue to learn and grow but not detach yourself from your day-to-day work or your day-to-day life? And that's what we want to figure out, how to connect the network with each other to support learning and growth uh, without having to detach but not saying that we're going to replace a physical meeting Mm. but how can we 
for example, make it possible for people to connect physically, find it easier for people to connect in the network or support each other or like when they're working, like everything from coaching each other to mentoring to, you know, there's so much value exchanged in that network, so much so much power, so much knowledge, so much uh, willingness to change things. Um, so that's just how can we nurture that or make that, enable that to happen in, in different ways. Mm. Um, so um, that's what we, we want to, f to figure out. And that's when learning becomes sustainable, at least uh, our, our purpose becomes sustainable and not uh, like a, a one night stand. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what I think it's the challenge right now. It's like yeah. in and out. Yeah. Yeah, but we want it to be lifelong. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't have to be us in the center of anything, but at least that the the mindset and the um the approach of learning is is something that is continuous and how can we support that? Uh, for the network. And for our listeners, uh the ones that doesn't know, our class has just been working with these uh um these challenges. These challenges. Oh, yeah. 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 In a brief, and uh, um, you will soon see the presentations. Today, yeah, yeah. so excited. <laughs> it's been a challenging brief. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. that was the purpose. I would, would like to just go one step back to trends again, mm. Mm. Um, because yesterday evening I sat in my couch and I was like just looked at my computer and I had so many ta uh, tabs up with so many different articles I wanted to read. And then I just realized that, yeah, I wanted to listen to that podcast as well and also watch uh, Netflix. So then I was like, how do we, and this is more of a personal level, uh, but you also deal with trends in your daily work. So how, how do we, how can we human beings keep in uh, level with all the trends and how can we uh, stay updated? Do you have any yes, <laughs> like, amazing I do for tips? myself. Yeah. yeah, go on. Well, for me, it's just, I mean, stick to what's, you, what's your passion and mm -hmm. what's, what's your purpose and what's your passion. I mean, that's the only way to filter uh, all the cool stuff going on, because if, you, if you're completely open, then it's, you know, you, you'll be destroyed. <laughs> you can sit with your tabs forever <laughs> and there with you, it will never end. Yeah. It's a never ending story and that's exciting. But what helps at least me to uh, to feel, okay, now it's enough for today or now I feel complete for today or content, it's to be clear about what I want mm. uh, and, and why I want it. And then I'll, I'll process trends uh, that is relevant for me to do, to do what I want and to uh, contribute with what I want. Is it a feeling? Like yeah. this, I want to read this. More yeah, than I need to read it. Yes, definitely. It comes from passion, and that's a ting, tingling or what's a um, tingling tingling feeling in your body. It's it's something naturally happening. It's uh, intuitive. It's not uh, it's not heavy in your head. It's uh, it's giving energy and excitement rather than taking. Uh, so that's the navigator for me to um, to follow trends and to uh, feel enough. What do you spend on spending? Well, I think for me it's about, for me it's really about uh, avoiding the feeling of I'm overwhelmed. Whether it's because I read something or saw something and I don't know what to do with that information, that's an overwhelming feeling. It feels it's a kind of a feeling of hopelessness and be like, oh, what does it all mean? <laughs> um, I so, love that. <laughs> So the way I do it is that I try to always ask, and this is really hard. Again, it's about getting into, rather than going around knowing, knowing the information that I read and saw. I mean, that's like, that's, that's not really, I'm not the walking, uh, like dictionary, uh, in, in my family. <laughs> um, You're not. No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> but, but I, I try to be really purposeful, right? So it's about asking everything after everything I read or, or watch is like, how, what can I learn from this? How can this be relevant to me? And try to get specific. Uh, because then that means, for me, then I get instant gratification and I get instant value, whether it's a word or a sentence or something that I'm going to put in the place where I keep all the things that I keep and need. Um, 
and try to do that. Try to get into an exercise of, of doing that. So if I watch the video that I feel something about, I try to think, okay, what, what is this feeling, right? What is, what is it I'm feeling? Do I feel frustrated? Do I feel excited? Why do I feel frustrated? Is it because I disagree? Or is it because I agree? Or is it because I wish I said that? Um, <laughs> you get that so, feeling a lot. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, no, I, I, just, I just turn off if I get that feeling. No, but it, it's really about like trying to process it, I think, for me. Yeah. Um, and then it's always finding out when to listen and when to not. And that's the same with feedback and with the same with everything. It needs to be coming at the right time when you're prepared for it, when you can actually use it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't need feedback on your presentation skills five minutes before the presentation. You don't need more input when you're trying to get specific about something, when you're trying to boil your 50 pieces of information down. For me, that's when I say, okay, I'm not going to watch any more tabs. I'm going to focus on what I have. I'm going to say what I know is enough and I'm going to take going to take that. So I think for me that's also about like knowing when to shut up. <laughs> uh, and I don't mean like shut up uh, talking but about stop processing and thinking. Like because I think it's it's about you you cannot you cannot similar to how you cannot like think qual- uh, quantitatively and qualitatively at the same time. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can process information that way either. If you if you need to be delivering something specific, then you need to stop thinking volumes, right? Yeah. So I think I I take that approach to trends and to to the world in general. You I remember when we we had a lecture with you and the first module, the Hyper Island Way. Is it called that? Hyper Island Way. Way week. Wait, no, not Way Week. Uh-huh. Uh, during Idea Week, I think it was. Then you said, Svenung, that you had uh, changed from a smartphone to an old phone yeah. with no internet or Wi-Fi. Yeah. Is, is, does that have anything to do with what we're talking about now? Maybe. <laughs> I still, I mean, my phone, although it's an iPhone 4, it's still in, in black and white, and I still only have a few apps on it. Um, Oh, right. uh, yeah, really. So it is black and white. It is black and white. Yeah. And it's only black and white because it's, it's less fun to be on when it's, when it's black and white. But, I mean, that's... I don't know if that's got to do with the same. I guess it's like a coping mechanism. Yeah. Uh, I felt myself, like, chasing the email refresh. <laughs> I was sitting on the bus or wherever, and I was, like, pulling the thumb down to see if there's another email that I can be good with, that I can perform with, that I can, like, create with. And it was just tiring. Same on Facebook, same on other... Like, uh, I wouldn't say that I'm, like... I, it's not, like... I don't. I'm not an internet, but I guess I'm more purposeful about when I I put myself in that mindset. So, like on the way to work today, I I didn't. I wasn't on my phone because uh, it's pretty boring to be on when it's black and white and I don't have any apps. I didn't know you could do that. Um, but for me, it's about it's it's what we've been coming back to all the time. It's about making active choices, right? Whether it's active choices around what to do at work with projects and what to make, whether it's how we spend our time, uh, whether it's um, yeah to do with passion and to do with purpose and to do with with realizing that we have the control. Um, yeah, and I still, I mean, no one's complained except my girlfriend sometimes <laughs> complains uh, that I don't can't receive pictures because uh, oh. uh, that's I did have an old phone, but. Yeah, I think it's it's. I think it's not about black and white either. It's about like finding. No, sorry, it's about not about all or nothing, because it's it's not about like being opposed to the internet uh, in any way. But it's about taking back the control that I felt that I'd lost. I thought that was a, a great ending to this conversation. Went a little bit deep. Um, thank you for that. Uh, we're going to check out soon because we've been sitting here for a while. Um, unfortunately, but uh, if the listeners would contact you, uh, could contact you, would like to contact you, how could they do that? Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. Twitter, SMS. Yeah, what's the Twitter? Uh, Bella Funk. Mine is Skullness. Skullness. Okay, yeah. great. So, um, uh, contact uh, Bella or Sveinung if you'd like. And you can also contact us at Twitter. Yeah, you can reach me at uh, at Kay Blimlin, as usual. 
Yeah, and my Twitter name is at Nora Ra Ra Ra. But I don't remember all, all the R's. <laughs> I don't remember where to stop. Nora Ra Ra Ra, I think yeah. it is. Check out our other our official Twitter for Hyper Talks. That's at yes. Talks Hyper. We got all our names. That's the, the most one. important thing. Yeah. And uh, we'll be actually getting an Instagram up soon. Yes, and uh, Facebook page yeah. as well. So keep a look at it. Yeah, stay tuned on social medias. Um, so the, for the checkup question, uh, I've uh, written here. Uh, if you can choose one person in the entire world that you that Hyper Talks could interview, who, what person would that be? It doesn't need to be realistic. Mm. Can I go first? Yes. I would say Leonardo da Vinci, because I think he was one of those continuous learning kind of guys, and I think he would fit in pretty well. Check it out. I would say, I think it's Sir Kennedy? Sir, Sir Robert. Sir Robert. What's the name? Sir Robert. Sir Ken Robertson. Sir, yeah. Uh, because he has a great thinkings and approach to learning and to education and to personal growth. Cool. <laughs> cool. How to follow that? Um... Actually, I think you should interview my mum. Why? Um, she is she's a she has a brilliant mind, um, and she's very very um, unpretentious, and uh, yeah, she's she's got her head on the right place. Yeah. Sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, since you mentioned Leonardo da Vinci, uh, I also wanted to choose a dead old man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, and uh, I, <laughs> I would uh, uh, like to have David Bowie in here uh, just to get into his head and ask him yeah. what he thought before he died. That would be interesting. <laughs> Check out. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It was a, an awesome uh, talk. Thank you. Thank you. It was great to be here. Have a good day then. Yeah, you too. Looking forward to listen to you in Nevada. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Hypertalks. 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 Hypertalks.